Yuki cards. This is, um, Kip is his friends, I guess. And I've got my friend Stephen Hodges on this show. And here we go. Hey, Stefan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Kip? I'm pretty, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, uh, I guess it's kind of like just day to day. How are you feeling uh, today? How was your day today? I, I just slept all day. There's nothing oh, okay. to do, so I just, I'm becoming extra lazy. Do you feel like, uh, Naps are pretty important right now. I think naps are keeping me going. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's how's, good. how's Montreal? Oh, you know. <laughs> Did you hear about our curfew? I'm, yeah, it's all over the news. Right, yeah. Yeah, I guess we're going into month three now. And it seems like it's kind of just uh, like touch and go because we had it for a month and then it just got extended. And I feel like they didn't even make an announcement this month. It was just like, just kind of understood that March is going to be another curfew month or something. So Wild. That's just so wild. So you literally have to be at home at 10 o'clock. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's 8.05 here now. So like sometimes you hear people kind of like rushing home to get into like the apartment building at 8. But Oh my God. That's like, that's like, like. You like wartime in Britain. <laughs> yeah, we've got like blackout curtains in case the, the virus sees us or something. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I just, I don't know how if I could deal with that. I guess I could. Uh, Everyone is adaptable. Yeah, that's definitely the, that's definitely the thing that we're learning, I guess. What? Everything's, uh, everything's adaptable. Yeah, I guess. In a in a negative way though, I think. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like definitely this time last year, um, if you told me I had to stay inside for two weeks, I would have said that that's nuts. Never mind like being inside for the better part of a year, and then like yeah, having like a the curfew imposed. It's it's pretty wild. It, I think the thing that like kind of freaks me out about the curfew now is that they've like now that they've rolled it out it's like it just becomes kind of a strategy that they they're like ah people have already dealt with this we could just put another curfew in wow yeah of course they can do that like it's you're used to it yeah it's it's like it's 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 like it's gaslighting or something i don't know yeah kind of i guess because you're like yeah i guess this is just how it is like there's definitely been um protests against it for various reasons uh and so i think that people are still like obviously pissed off about it and making good arguments against it but probably some bad arguments against it against it too but uh, yeah like it definitely feels like it's we've just kind of settled into it and you just work it into your daily routine make sure you're home that's wild i just I, well, yeah we don't have those kind of rules here yet or and i yeah I actually really enjoyed in the summer when everyone criticized Pallister for opening up the government, whatever, or whatever the province. But, and don't get me wrong, I don't like the guy. But, uh, <laughs> but at least I had a fun summer. Yeah. 
did you uh, what you get up to in the summer? I just did like, like obviously, still just with like small groups of people, but like, I went fishing, stuff like that. Just like boat boat stuff. Just like nice. with my one friend. <laughs> so like, but it was okay. still fun because I got to go outside and do stuff. What area? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, the summer here felt pretty awesome, too, because the park life is just, like, kind of normal for people here, I guess. Like, it's, like, people are much more likely to hang out in a park for beers than, like, a patio or something, so. Yeah, like at La Fontaine? Yeah, La Fontaine, Jerry, I'm, like, in Verdun, so hanging oh, yeah. along the fleuve is nice. But you're right close yeah. to the subway, so... I mean, it's not called the subway, the metro? Yeah, the metro. <laughs> the metro. The tube. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like Verdun. I um, I used to live in Montreal, and it's a really wonderful city. And the park you... life is amazing. Yeah, the park life is so good. It definitely made the summer pretty tolerable. And I'm, like, super, super looking forward to to the summer being a thing again. Where were you living when you were here? Um, Rosemont. Oh, nice. Like, closer to Parc Mises or closer to, like, Ville Ray? Or... Like, in Little Italy, essentially. There's... Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, it... that's, like, the spot now. That's Is it? <laughs> it wasn't when yeah. I lived there. It was the cheapest place. Yeah, I think, like, the last five years has been a big kind of turnaround for that area probably not in the better ways but it's that's kind of like where people are moving to that would have normally been in like mile end or something now i guess yeah there was a yeah yeah, it was mile end for all mile ends a lot of fun yeah but yeah there's a big park i forget what it was called right next to my apartment and i went there a lot but also i would go to fontaine mostly just like catch, catch the metro and boop look at babes drink wine yeah Fontaine is really nice right now there's um like the skating rink I guess the pond is frozen (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like a really nice pond to skate on because it's kind of like this long like waving pond so there's like these different sections that people hang out in and Montreal is like as you know, just like very artistic and performative, so there's always like some kind of music thing going on. The last time I was there, there were people figure skating. It was awesome. I think, I, I think maybe that Montreal is so much full of artists because it's affordable. And like, yeah, it has been, yeah. And there's like a bunch of universities, and the rent is like the same price as here. Beer is cheaper. Cigarettes are cheaper. Uh, yeah. These are things that I'm concerned about. But, uh, maybe not you so much. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it really uh, nurtures the life of a, of a failed artist for sure. Like, you, can, you can definitely survive without very much income. Are you uh, still writing songs? Sort of. It's actually... Uh, yeah, it's a Tuesday night tonight. I don't know what time you're, uh, you're like, show, what time's your show playing it, at? It, 
plays it'll play in like on my actually this this episode will play on my birthday in uh, March 16th so and it plays at 5:30 central standard time on UMFM but it goes up on Spotify so you can listen to it whenever you want Sweet. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I guess because today will be your birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, Kim. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thrilling. Yeah. Yeah, well, Tuesdays, uh, I'm in this, like, this songwriting club with Natalie. Uh, Natalie Baird. Or, no, not Natalie Baird. Natalie Born. <laughs> oh, yeah. Natalie um, Baird is, is a different person. <laughs> yeah, another person from Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's like just a ton of people are in it. It's kind of fun. Um, but we have to submit a song every Tuesday night. So that's basically the only... Oh my like, god. I was yeah. texting Stefan Braun. Yeah. Another Stefan. Yeah, um, and he actually was like, you want to join the songwriting club? And I was like, nah. Yeah, you should do it. But he's in it too, isn't he? Yeah, he's in another group. So I only... <laughs> Say the songs when I go to like the because there's like a, a a general group, there's like maybe 50 or 60 people in it, and then Natalie Bourne has this broken down into oh, I know that uh, Natalie too. Okay, now I remember yeah. she's lovely, yeah, yeah, super lovely, super great songwriter too. So she's kind of like really, um, sort of steering the ship on this and. She sends us like these little prompts every week and puts together the playlist for the groups that she has us split into. But yeah, it's it's a nice excuse to make time to to make music. So I'm gonna do that a little bit tonight. I think. I think that's really cool. I think that's a great initiative because honestly, this yeah. this whole COVID thing, like I've I have more time than I ever could but I have less ambition than I ever had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Are you, like, finding that you have any ambition to, like, get some, like, how, how's songwriting going for you or how's, I, how's music going for you? Well, I, I'm i just working on... Um, I wrote I wrote a song last week, and it's, it's I like it, I think. I'm going to probably pick up the guitar and decide that and if it's trash or not um later <laughs> but um i've i i used to just do this constantly before like this whole virus i would just play the guitar all the time mm-hmm. but i don't know like when i'm when can i get a band together to um to re- like record an album and I have the songs, and I just don't know. I don't know. I'm really annoyed. So, you normally write a song on keys, and then you try it out with the guitar? No, I always use the guitar. I, oh, okay. I never write a song on the piano. Right. I don't, yeah. The guitar is the best instrument for writing songs, I think, personally. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I've, I've never been good enough at piano to really try it out. I, I would have imagined that you wrote on, on the piano for some reason. I It's but, probably yeah. just because I had that gig for a while where I played the piano all the time, but I'm really not a very good piano player. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like the image in my mind is basically you as a 
like Tom Waits with like your cigarette playing the piano. So I yeah. just I know I made I made that up. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> so do you have to like like how do you decide if it's a good song? Do you have to bring it to the band? Or you were just saying that you have to try it out on guitar. Well, like how do you? What's yeah? How does that work? It's it's about like it's about the lyrics I think mostly because like the chords and the melody like they're gonna be fine like because I picked them they're good but like if the lyrics if I write bad lyrics and they're stuck to those chords and melody then I just throw the song away yeah it's hard to change change that like it feels like once the once the words like fall into a song you can't really just like scrape it out and put new ones in no you can't because you're going to accidentally sing the bad lyrics (laughs) (laughs) alright so it's like an issue of memory for you or (laughs) a memory issue like yeah rote a rote issue essentially and also disappointment in myself for just being so inventive or something I don't know is it hard for you to scrap songs? No. You can just write a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they... I feel like... Sorry, go ahead. The worst thing in the world is when I record a song that I hate, and then everyone seems to like that one the most. They, I don't know what it is, but like, or they're simple, or I just like have a problem. I don't want my songs to sound like I'm stupid. That <laughs> it's a ego, it's an ego problem. Yeah, I think like the ego wants to complicate the songs, and I mean, if you know the song yourself, you need to like put some little tricks into it so that your brain is still like attracted to it as you as you play it over and over again. But I think for other people that like just hear it a couple times they don't really need those tricks and so like sometimes a, a simple song really really does it maybe there's also like a sense of vulnerability for like there's some stuff that we just feel is kind of kind of annoying to, to put into a song whereas other people might not find it as annoying or something it's the like it's like the same thing as like nobody Anyone who looked like no, I don't know. Like you don't know what you look like. I don't know what I look like. Yeah. So it's like the same thing with the song. Like to someone else, this is an entirely different, um, entirely different thing. Yeah, totally. But I want to be an intellectual. I want so, or perceived as one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people like the songs that I think aren't that special. You think that they attach that to your perception or like how they perceive you? Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, uh, one of the like really interesting things about being in Montreal is that I really very rarely worry about what, um, how people perceive me. And it's like a very freeing thing, and I know that it won't last forever, and that it's probably also attached to the fact that I just like don't know a lot of people here, and eventually, like if I were to stay here, I would know people, and then you 
run into the same issue until you run away to another place. But like, it's it's hard making anything in Winnipeg. I think because you're not only concerned about like how it feels for yourself, but also like how people are gonna. I don't know. It's it's a little vain, but like you're you're worried about like how people are gonna read into it, how they're gonna see you. Yeah, we have a really tight community here. Yeah, it's tight. Um, ironically, the last time I was in Montreal, on I was on tour and whatever. I went to a party, and there was like 15 people there. Whatever, it wasn't a party, it was a gathering, I guess. And every single one of them was from Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, that seems to happen here. We like gravitate to each other. Yeah, it's fun, actually. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's like there's something about being from Winnipeg where you can go anywhere in the world. Like you can go to Thailand, whatever, India, anywhere, and you'll find someone from Winnipeg. Yeah, or like someone who has a cousin in Winnipeg or something. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like the funniest. It's the funniest. I don't know, city in the world. In that sense. I mean, it's so isolated. It's like, like in Canada, it's probably, well, definitely in terms of like the major cities, it's by far the most isolated. And so like if somebody goes to Winnipeg, it's like, why, why, why are you going there right now? I, um, so it's, yeah, it's surprising to run into people like all over the world who have like weird attachments to Winnipeg. I call it a landlocked island. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also everyone wants to go somewhere else. That's why you run into Winnipeggers everywhere. Right. It's just like constant exodus. Mm-hmm. The exiles. Whatever, I still yeah. like it. Yeah, I, uh, I've been hanging out with these people from Sackville. Oh, like, New Brunswick? And, yeah, yeah, they like, these three people that went to Mount Allison they're all just roommates like I, I met one of them and then met her roommates but one of them is from Winnipeg before that and it was just like so nice to meet a stranger from Winnipeg and be able to like we're the same age and we both played like the same in like the same kind of like soccer club growing up and so we were just like oh yeah like this person this person it's just really really fun to meet a stranger who like had shared so many weird experiences from Winnipeg that's yeah. that's glorious that's really yeah, fun. that's really nice yeah it's nice to just like hang out with strangers too it's like hard to make that happen these days yeah it's spe- especially these days but yeah it is nice oh there's there's nothing better than meeting someone new I was playing um uh shinny the other day and um and there was like someone who was a friend of a friend there and I was like talking to them and it was just nice to talk to someone new yeah totally it's like it can be kind of energizing it's just like fun to yeah yeah I'm I'm sure that like meeting somebody new in Winnipeg is also like extra exciting (laughs) (laughs) they're hard to come by Well, he just lives like two streets down from me, so no surprise there. Everyone lives in Wolseley. Yeah. How's, uh, so it was a set, um, 
like R.A. Steen or something? Um, we went to, um, R.A. Steen turns the lights off late, like, oh. so, like, and we're all adults, and most of them, my friends are teachers, so they have to work, like, play hockey late at night, so, like, at, like, 8 p.m., so we go to, like, the ones by, uh, in the Corden area. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah. How's the shinny? It's good. I got exercise. I, uh, <laughs> I'm terrible at posts. I'm a bad shooter, but, uh... Hard. I know. I think I think next time I want to bring um, one of those like things you stretch over the net, like that's a fake goalie with like five oh, holes. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. I learned. I learned. Awesome. I learned what they're called. Um, last time I was there, but I can't remember the name. It's like a. Sh- I don't know. Who cares? You know what they oh, are. Yeah. Everyone knows what they look like. Yeah, I forgot that there's a, a name for them, but. Now that you mention it, it's also kind of just like buried somewhere in the recesses of my mind. It's, it's like a sh- no, I can't remember. Damn it! <laughs> it's like a fake shoot or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, that's sweet. There's like there's some rinks in Verdun here, but they, I guess for some reason, they don't want people like they're fine with people skating. There's like, like, like Park Fontaine has like hundreds of people just skating in very close proximity, but they don't want people playing shinny, I guess, in Verdun for some reason. So they shovel like a bunch of snow into the middle of the ice to try to like split up the ice so that people don't. Don't play hockey? Yeah. And they took out the nets and stuff, but, but then kids just go and they shovel it out and they bring their own nets. Oh. <laughs> Futile. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Kids are just gonna yeah. be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Kids are always just like, no. <laughs> just like, yeah, you can try that. We're just gonna make it happen. It's fine. It's funny because I remember being a kid and there was all sorts of rules for me, but I was just like, no. Yeah, you like acknowledge them. You're like, okay, these are the rules. Sweet. I'm gonna go do this thing. I'm gonna go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, good to see. It's God. good to see that. Being an it's adult right. sucks. Yeah. yeah, it does feel like it's harder to uh to acknowledge and break rules. I'm definitely uh trying to stick to the rules for this curfew. The the fine is like two thousand dollars. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely stick to the rule, then. That's yeah. that's that's like three months of money right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So, so yeah, you do you really just like have to rush home before eight o'clock? Like, there's no exception. Like, if you're just like running a little bit late. Yeah, I mean, like, so what I've heard is that cops are ticketing people, um, sometimes even if they have excuses, like if they have, like, a pass for work or something, and then their, like, their way of dealing with it is that they just assume that the courts will figure it out if people challenge it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble, and, yeah, I just, like, I think some people are less worried about it, like, like this 
person that I've been hanging out with from uh, from Sackville. She's like, oh yeah, I just take the back streets home, <laughs> and, and I'm not that chill, unfortunately, because it's yeah, it's like it's like definitely a lot of income to, to pass up on. So yeah, yeah we, it's, wow. it's funny. There's definitely there's a couple times where I've been caught by the curfew and I just like stay at somebody's place and then there are other times where I'd like run home to try to get back before eight. So it's, it's definitely an experience. That's an adventure in like a bad kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Like I wish it was a fun adventure. I feel like if the stakes were a little lower, like maybe if it was like a $200 ticket, it would feel exciting to try to like race home. But when I'm like getting to the metro with like 20 minutes to get home, I'm just like praying to God that the metro is not going to like stop or something. And it's just like an anxious ride the whole way. Wait, so. does the metro stop running after eight? No, it just like, it just like has interruptions all the time. Like pretty regularly, there'll be like a stop where you just have to wait because there's like something on the tracks and yeah. So sometimes that happens on the way home. It's a little, a little sketchy. But like I, when I lived there, the metro stopped at midnight. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been out at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah, also... I, I assume it still ends at midnight, yeah. I, I used to, like, because you'd be at... I'd go to the bar, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I'd still have to, like... I'd go to the Mile End or, like, whatever. Or, like, what's that area past downtown? Who cares? I can't remember. Like, Plateau? Like, past the Plateau. But whatever. Um. Anyway, I'd go to a bar <laughs> to meet friends. And I'd have to, like, run to catch the last Metro... To get back yeah. to Rosemont. But at the same yeah. time, like, you can actually just walk. It's an island. You can really... It's it's, it's smaller than Winnipeg. You can really just walk home. It's amazing. I mean, it is... It's a big island. Like, it would take... It takes me, like, 40 minutes to bike from, from where I'm at to, like, the kind of mile end area. So, yeah, if you're, like... If you miss that last metro, metro, you have to take, like, the night bus home, and the night bus, like, has a really roundabout route, and takes, like, maybe, like, an hour and a half to get back. I guess I was also, like, 20 years old, and time was way less constrictive. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if you have, like, a couple of beers and you walk home, it doesn't, doesn't really matter if it's, like... 40 minutes or an hour yeah it just, and it just feels nice and you were with company too so it was good fine yeah, yeah. It, it, so it, like yeah <laughs> that's the worst thing about getting old it's, uh, what not not being able to enjoy walks home just like if the more you feel time more mm. yeah there's like more of a pressure for time it seems yeah, you have more responsibilities. Like, if, if you don't get it right, you're going to feel it the next day or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. It adds up. It's funny. But yeah, it's a great city. Also, I always pretend that I was on Sesame Street when I lived there. Especially on the plateau. Why? 
the 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 wrought iron. Yeah, the all the wrought iron in the stairs up to the oh, the yeah, duplexes. Yeah. yeah, lots of lots of nice spiral staircases for sure. Yeah, lots of very steep icy staircases as well. I wouldn't being a postman in this city, a post person would be a heck of a heck of a job. I could imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some treacherous staircases it's it's funny like that you brought post people up because um in winnipeg like or manitoba there was like this thing where they're like we're gonna get rid of like home or whole all of canada actually right under harper they were like we're gonna get rid of door-to-door delivery um and then like half of like they like did it like so there was like only a little bit of people got post boxes and then it still stayed the same for everyone else because there was a change of government and I can't believe how stupid that that whole idea was <laughs> yeah the people who are stuck with post boxes must, must feel really uh, kind of screwed over by that whole campaign yeah <laughs> it's just like Yeah, just like one block over, they still get their mail delivered to their house. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see how it would be nice to like go collect your mail at the. Actually, when I lived in Tallahassee, there was like a a bunch of mailboxes for the block, and in my mind, it seems nice to like have a little communal bunch of mailboxes. But actually, if I think about it a little more, it probably would be a pain in the ass, and also like. It's just really nice having a post person come to your door and be like, hey, thank you. Thank you for my mail. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like, that's like one of my, like, texts is when, like, I walk out the door, the first thing I do is look in the mailbox. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, but for sure. I also grew up in the country, and we always had um, communal post boxes. I forgot that... you grow up? Uh, just, like, close to St. Adolph. I forgot that you lived in America for a long time. Just like two years. I was there when my dad was doing his master's. And yeah, I was like nine when I moved there and 11 when I moved back. And it was sweet. I was like pretty pissed off that I had to like ditch my friends and ditch ice hockey to move down south. But it was, yeah, it was kind of a cool experience. it's just like totally different, totally different vibe, totally different landscape, and I think I really liked the, like the sort of southern, like the slowness and stuff. I think I would like to try to be in a place that feels a little bit more like that at some point. Did you, um, you made, you must have made a bunch of new friends. Yeah, I made a couple new friends. Like there was this guy across the street. His name was Derwin, and we would just like hang out and watch Dragon Ball Z and play like Nintendo 64 all the time, and that was awesome. Um, and then there were like a couple kids from school. Mostly I just hung out with like kids in my neighborhood. There were like Derwin was my age, but then there were like a couple kids like a few years younger, a few years older, and 
it's just like a kind of like a to low-income suburban neighborhood like it was all duplexes but there was like a community pool so we would just like hang out at the pool all the time and go for these little adventures in like the sort of subtropical forests that were around there like on your bikes i don't think i even had a bike there oh really i must have had a bike i must have had a bike because we yeah we would bike to this park and to like soccer games and stuff but yeah, no, we, we just, like, hung out. There was, like, behind our houses, um, behind, like, the housing development, I guess, there were um, just, like, these these woods that were really thick and really fun to kind of run around in. Monkey trails. Is that what they... That's what we call them here, monkey trails. Monkey trails? Like, just, yeah. like, the path through the woods. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was pretty lush. It was a very lush space, so it was like kind of felt like you're in some kind of jungle. It wasn't really like tropical, but it was definitely these, these big trees that still had like vines and stuff and weird, scary animals in them. Yeah, it felt very adventurous. It was fun. That sounds awesome. To be, it sounds like a great little childhood moment. Yeah, it was cool, and I feel like. I don't know, it, it was kind of like that romantic experience of being in the suburbs, but it was like a pretty diverse suburb, <laughs> um, because it was like a low-income suburb, so you get like, yeah, you get like that sort of thing that you'd imagine from like an arcade fire music video, where you get to just like run around in this weird little isolated world um, with all the neighborhood kids, but it also like... Yeah, there were people with, like, totally different backgrounds. Um, and it was just cool to hang out with them. Well, that sounds amazing, actually. It's, like, a great life experience. Yeah, yeah, it was sweet. I'm sure that, like, it's pretty rose-tinted. Thinking back to, like, a time when I was, like, 10 years old. So it's probably, like, those were the days. <laughs> I had, like, grown up in, in that neighborhood and been, like... 13 or 14 I would have hated it immediately <laughs> it would have sucked probably but yeah oh, it was nice back then god it's amazing being a kid um yeah <laughs> it really is yeah you don't know any better that's, that's the whole thing yeah it seems like kids are I, I don't know what it's like in Winnipeg but like kids are just like out playing all the time here it seems kind of awesome well, like, I have to, like, when I walk, walk to work, I see just, like, kids having fun all the time. And, <laughs> and I'm jealous. I'm jealous of them, to be honest. Are they... Do you know if they're going to school now, like, in classrooms and stuff? Um, um, because I, I have, like, all my friends are teachers, I have a, a oh, small yeah. idea about what um, kids are doing. Um, they have, like... The elementary school kids go to school every day. Uh, the teenagers have like one or two days a week that they go to school. Okay. And the rest is all done via TV or whatever that thing is. <laughs> Just have like uh, the HBO channel for. But like, school. it's funny because actually they get like um, if they don't log into their Zoom like they get calls from the school from their parents 
are like to their parents being like your kid didn't log into the zoom and like is skipping class which is hilarious to me because there is no class to be at it's also it's also i don't even know like what the word is for it it's just like it's so made up stupid point of high school is to make friends it's not about yeah. learning at all you just yeah, I, mean, that's, yeah. I mean like you pick up some re- residual like knowledge but like the whole thing I did in high school was like oh I wonder if like this hot babe's gonna be at school in my class my hot babe class like yeah. <laughs> I have a crush on her <laughs> not gonna say anything but like And then, like, making jokes with my friends about, like, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine having to take high school through a computer. Yeah, I mean, that's what is making grad school pretty pretty boring right now, is that, like, I was lucky for the first year I got to, uh, like, have classes that were normal in-person classes and got to, like go to the bar with people after school and stuff but all of that shut down really fast so now all of the grad school life is just like you're only doing the school stuff you're not doing all the stuff that's just like adjacent whether that's hanging out um having classes yeah or like after class and yeah meeting people is such an important part of that because i feel like that was a huge part of my undergrad was like meeting the the network that I did and like student organizing and stuff that was like the classes were great but it was only like like 60% of the experience at most was like in class well like how we get jobs is through nepotism and knowing people (laughs) so like when you take that whole like um um what is that called like uh when you like the mingling part out of it like it's it's almost useless we can yeah. we can all learn something very quickly. Yeah, how are we gonna get jobs without without all the nepotism? Yeah, we're, we're screwed. Essentially, though, I'm like this is not a a bad theory. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have the whole point of all of this, like of going to school or like going to work or anything is about making friends. Yeah. And then the money is residual. Yeah. We're not we're not here to make money. We're here to make friends. <laughs> have you been able to make friends during the pandemic? <laughs> no, I haven't met anyone in a year. Anyone yeah. new in a year. It's killing me. Have you uh, 
tried dating in the pandemic? No. How's love in the time of corona for Kip? Um, I just, I'm never really interested in love, to be honest. What? Um. That is a shock. Well, no, I, I love love, but I'm like, I, li- <laughs> I like the moments. And if I can't go walking in the rain with someone, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know. I just, I take it when it comes to me. I don't know how to explain okay. it. And the, the corona has made it a little harder to, to seize those opportunities. Yeah, I can't go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't play a gig. Like, I usually just play a show and then, like, talk to someone who wants to talk to me after. And then and then we have a fling. Like, that's my yeah. that's been my love thing for my whole life. Bars are such an important service to, uh, to, to love, to dating. Like, it's, it's so weird trying to figure out, um, how to create, like, a safe environment for, for, like, a first date now. Because, like, you're always just, like, walking outside, so you need to make sure that, like, the person feels comfortable walking, but then also that you, like, choose a route that's, I don't know, like maybe that involves like other people being around, not like one that's out in the backwoods for like your first date, because that's kind of like creepy. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I miss I miss having a bar where there's like you know there's gonna be people there, you know that there's like gonna be somebody setting a nice environment for you, and like bringing you drinks, and it's just yeah, it's such an important um, important service, and I miss it. Well, in a big way. I do. I mostly miss, like, seeing people that are, like, on my periphery of friend zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, sure. like, the people you just say hi to that you kind of know, I, I miss those people the most. Because yeah. I, I talk to the people that I know well all the time. Yeah. Um, via text message, which is not as exciting as it as just hanging out. I just miss... I want a house party, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> I know. I know. I miss hanging out in groups. Like, it's... I think... The most energizing thing for me is just, like, being able to hang out on the periphery of a bunch of people in, like, a social situation and being able to just, like, listen and not, like... You know, when there, we have all these, like, one-on-one hangouts or, like, like phone calls and stuff and... I'm enjoying this, hundred percent. But like, they're tiring. It's it's tiring to always like have to be on it, hundred percent. And I mean, we're all sad too, so we're like afraid of <laughs> exposing our sadness. <laughs> I just want to like be a little bit more silent in a group of people and just like vibe off of them. I miss that. The vibing, yeah. You totally, you yeah. totally express that very well. Just the quiet guy in the corner. And then you can pick if you want to talk to, you like can pick anyone in the room you want to talk to. Yeah. You can just hang out for a bit and then go talk to somebody else. Yeah. I like <laughs> I re- being like we're hanging out for two hours now and that's gonna be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is uh this has been a a a bad time for um secret introvert, extrovert people or like half and halfers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. 
I don't. Do you feel? Are you an introvert, extrovert? I I think I am. Yeah, I like to be alone, and then I like to socialize. But yeah. not, but on my, when I want to. You know what I mean. Which might be rude, but it's true. And uh, I've learned that you're allowed to decide when you want to be an extrovert or an introvert and you don't have to perform all the time <laughs> you don't have to perform your category of one of the other yeah yeah how's uh have you gotten like probably spending a lot of time hanging out with your roommates right uh yeah i have oh well kind of but almost everyone is kind of sleepy right now so so like I'll spend like an hour or something but like the world is people just want to be asleep a lot right now (laughs) yeah yeah I hear you I'm uh I think I'm gonna have to move because of sleeping issues I I moved into a place like back in November Mm -hmm. and my uh and the walls are very paper thin <laughs> and so I'm starting to look at other options because it's been like I had like this big presentation two weeks ago and got like one hour of sleep um, before it and there's just been like it's kind of like you know that you're gonna miss a night of sleep once a week and it's just yeah it's not a good situation so Sleep's important now. I feel like, yeah, you just need to, like, be able to rely on that, be able to be like, I know that tonight I'm going to be able to, like, just have a sleep. Well, I know you're a light sleeper. Um, (laughs) From experience, um, I am an insomniac, so, um, but, so when I sleep, I'm done. Like, I'm, I can't hear anything. I'm just out. Yeah, that's, I mean, being an insomniac must not be super fun, but being able to just, like, tune it out, that's definitely something I'm a little jealous of. Yeah, just whatever. We all have our weird little clicks or something in us, I don't know. Ticks. Ticks is the word, not clicks. (laughs) We all got our clicks. We all got our clicks, you know? Yeah. Oh, we have clicks and ticks. (laughs) Oh, well. I'm excited. I actually was curious, actually. um, What are you you majoring in? Oh, I'm majoring in geography, which is the most vague um, discipline that you can possibly choose. Um, But, yeah, I'm studying landlords. I'm studying a landlord in Winnipeg who's uh, transitioning their apartments, their apartment buildings into addiction recovery, which sounds really nice, but that's kind of like the trick of it, is that they're using like this nice branding to uh, get away with some pretty shady shit. So I'm looking at like what kind of opportunities for profit they're trying to create by doing this kind of transition. Um, and like how the tenants are resisting that, um, but also like what tenants are looking for in that kind of model. Cause I think there's a lot of people that are looking for 
um, housing that's affordable and that has supports for for various things, uh, addiction being one of them. But um, yeah, it's just like weird when that comes from kind of a capitalist private market that finds ways of just exploiting people. So yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, there's like a lot of kind of history that you can pull from for like the history of how housing has been used to to sort of create certain environments for people and like attempt to kind of control and transform people um so i'm kind of like using that in a way to frame this as like not an anomaly but as kind of a continuation of housing that is sometimes used in pretty nefarious ways well that sounds like good work i mean yeah it's, it's an interesting project i'm enjoying being able to work on it for sure well we all need heroes so that's really nice <laughs> did you say we need to hear those or we need heroes heroes <laughs> and we need to hear those things also people need to hear we things need to, we need to hear those heroes <laughs> like well, well sometimes like you you need a hero so you can hear those things that you don't know about like really it's it's true well uh thanks kip it's uh <laughs> flattering and kind of embarrassing and, and weird okay it certainly doesn't feel very heroic to be sitting in front of my computer every day uh just like reading articles and trying to track down people for phone call <laughs> but, but it is i think it is i think it's uh, i mean your mission is, or what you're trying to learn, at least, is is noble. It's a noble cause. I guess so. I think that, like, the master's degree is just, like, I think a lot of people try to find ways of doing master's degrees that are helpful, but, like, they're all just, like, it's, it's a selfish process. Like, it's very, it's very unlikely that many people are going to read the material that's created um like it gives me the opportunity to talk about it a little bit based on like using knowledge that people have from living in it but like those people already have that knowledge and so like it's it's just really i mean it is kind of exploitive in its own sense i don't think that i'm really profiting from it in this moment but i think that like yeah, people like go into master's degrees wanting to change things, um, but it's it's really just changing them. And I'm like thankful for the chance to be able to just like spend two years working on a project and like yeah, it's it's sweet as I'm sure you can imagine. Like working on any project for a length of time is like kind of a um, it's a gift and it's like a hard thing to do but it's like nice to get the opportunity to do it um but yeah beyond that i don't think it's gonna unfortunately affect that much change in the grand scheme of things <laughs> well i mean no like change is so gradual that um you don't know yes that's true you wait yes. like you don't realize how much change is happening around you all the time while you're living 
Yeah, that's a good point. Things are always changing. You're, you're right. And like, yeah, yeah, it's wild. I mean, this year has shown us that everything can kind of change in a matter of days, like for, for good or for worse, for sure. Like, it's been, yeah, like, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild year. It's been a very wild year for changes. Yeah. Also, <laughs> ironically, this, like, the the giant lockdown and everything in Winnipeg happened on my birthday. Oh, so really? this show will air exactly on the anniversary of the lockdown in Winnipeg. Wow. Well, happy birthday, Kim. <laughs> Yeah, at first I, I, like, well, it was supposed to be two weeks, right? So at first I was like, well, this is fine. But it's been a year. <laughs> and now you're always going to think of it that way. You're going to be like, it was two years since we all had a lockdown. <laughs> or maybe you'll, you'll get over it and you'll be like, no, nah, it's my birthday. I'll probably get over it. I get over things pretty quickly. <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, life has hit me some hard blows and nothing ever lasted so it's fine do you have any big plans for your birthday i'm probably going to wear my underwear and drink a bottle of wine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe order in some like curry i don't know or yeah, sushi nice. i can't decide i'll decide on that day sounds sounds like a great plan so far yeah. Well, you know, we killed a whole hour just like that. Wow. So just like that. Just like that. It was nice, really nice to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you too, kid. And um maybe I'll see you next time you're in town or if I'm in your town. Yeah, man. Come down to Montreal. Probably don't. It's not really fun right now. But <laughs> yeah. Actually, it would probably be worth coming in the summer. But yeah, definitely hit me up if you're here. And yeah. otherwise, I'll probably be in Winnipeg in a couple months or something. I'll rent a car, maybe. It's yeah. It's a nice city. It's worth the trip. Oh, God. It's like Steinbach. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the catchphrase for Montreal. It's worth the trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it there. Um, yeah. thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I really hope you're doing well and everything, like all the best positive words at you. Thanks, man. Thanks, received. All the best to you too. And I, uh, yeah, I hope you have a, a good birthday and I hope that you, that your songs are all excellent, except for the ones that you scrap and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, perfectly worded. What a charmer. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Stefan Hodges, a friend of mine, and he's in Montreal, and he's uh, going through weird rules. And this is Kip interviews his friends, and thank you for listening. Take care.
Yuki cards.